Are you looking for ways to diversify your real estate portfolio, but don't necessarily want to do all of the hands-on work of real estate investing? This week, we chat to a gentleman who specifically touches on ways to do passive real estate investing. Hope you enjoy. This is the Saskatchewan Real Estate Podcast, the show that highlights Saskatchewan real estate. Looking to buy your first house, your next investment property? Subscribe to never miss an episode. Here's your host, Ron Caroni. Welcome back to the Saskatchewan Real Estate Podcast. I'm your host, Ron Caroni. Really happy to be joined today by Lindsay Suka of Millennium, uh, the Millennium Group of Properties. Lindsay, did I get it right? Yeah, uh, Millennium Three Group of uh, Companies. Wonderful. Lindsay, really happy to have you here to talk about partnerships in commercial real estate and kind of the opportunities that people have um, for this type of investment, uh, investing, a different type of real estate investing for people out there. But before we get uh, too deep into the conversation, please just give us a little introduction of yourself. Yeah, sure, Ron. Thanks a lot. Yeah, yeah my name is Lindsay Suki, and I'm uh, I'm in Saskatoon here. I grew up in Saskatoon. I still live in Saskatoon. I have a short stint out to Alberta and then BC, but I, I moved back home here and I, I took my College of Commerce here. I took investment finance as my degree. And I, after that, I got a job as a medical sales rep. And I really enjoyed that, that, that job. And I allowed me to save quite a bit of money and follow what I learned in university around investing and investment finance. A lot of the things I learned in university were all about investing in the stock market. So I did that for a good dozen years or so. And then I had a really good friend and he was a real estate investor and he owned over 50 properties and he wow. was really excited about that. And he was really encouraging me to learn more about real estate investing. So he became a mentor of mine and he taught me so much about real estate investing and he encouraged me to read like dozens of books. And so I got really uh, educated. And I motivated myself to get out there and I bought four or five investment properties and really enjoyed that process and liked how they made money. And did well with that. And so I liked it so much, I, I switched my career out of medical sales and I switched into selling investment real estate. It's really unique, a niche uh, career. I, I'm not a real estate agent. I'm not a mortgage broker, but I just sell investment real estate. So I did that for about uh, five or six years. And I ended up helping over a couple of hundred people invest uh, in uh, properties throughout Alberta and the United States. And I really enjoyed it, but I had worked for four or five different developers. And I thought, okay, let's see what's out there. And I took about six months off work and I analyzed about 40 or 50 different opportunities in Western Canada. And that's when I found out about Millennium 3 and they, they offer partnerships in commercial real estate. So I approached them and I asked them if I could uh, offer investors what they, what they have to offer and what they do. And they accepted me on and I've been doing that for the last nine years. Awesome. So let's touch on this on a high level basis. What is a partnership in commercial real estate? What does that mean? Well, a partnership in commercial real estate is really, you know, it's a simple and easy way for eligible investors to invest in real estate in some of the best opportunities in real estate, but in commercial buildings with business tenants. Most people would never analyze those or look at those because they wouldn't have a couple million bucks of down payment or the know-how uh, to do that. So, so with a, with a partnerships and commercial real estate, what really happens is there's a general partner and a limited partner. Now the general partner is the one, it's a person or company like Millennium three with the, with the knowledge, the experience, the networks and the know-how to go out in the marketplace and find 
a commercial building with business tenants that would make a great investment, that would have a good opportunity for upside. And they have the ability to do the due diligence, acquire it, and then they do uh, a syndicate it into uh, partnership units. So it's kind of a fancy word for just breaking the partnership units. So then for less than 25 grand, uh, you can buy into a commercial building as a limited partner and get your pro rata share of the property. So there's the general partner, they have the networks and know-how, and then the investor is the limited partner. So they're called a limited partner because they have limited risk. They only risk the money that they put in. And then the general partner is taking all the risk and liability of the, of the partnership. They take the liability for the mortgage, they do the management of the property, and they know what they're doing. So you can count on them. So it helps uh, for an investor. Um, it's really simple and easy. So a limited partner is a passive investor. They don't have any say in the management uh, of the property, but they can invest in it, get all their uh, economic benefits of that property. And so it really works well for, for certain types of investors. How does this differ from a real estate investment trust or a REIT? Yeah, no, for sure. That's an excellent question. Lots of people have heard of REITs or, and really with a REIT, kind of really a couple things. I mean, it's typically trades on the stock market. So it's a public investment and you can buy and sell it every second of the day. So it's liquid. And when you're investing in a REIT, typically you're investing in like dozens of properties at one time. So the investor is probably far less uh, familiar with, with the properties they're investing in or why they would, would do that. And a REIT typically does offer a high level of income when the time you buy it. So you might get a, a four, five, six uh, or more percent kind of income from it. So it's good for income investors, like, but with a partnership uh, in commercial real estate, it's 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 uh, much less liquid. Like it's not trade doesn't trade in exchange. It's it kind of has a lack of liquidity. But we're uh, just investing in one property at a time. So our clients, our limited partners, when they invest in the property, they know all the details of that property. They know exactly why it was acquired, what the strategy is, how it'll make money, and the strategy is to go into more of a take a rapid mortgage pay down plan and try and get that property paid off as soon as you can, and then. Uh, typically in 14 years, and then there's there's much more income for the investor. So they'll buy these uh, in their working years and then plan for more income later. So it's it's uh, it's less liquid. Um, it's more of a rapid mortgage pay down plan, and it's not about income today. It's more about building your equity, building the asset value, and then having uh, much more income later than than now because you're already working and and having an income. So someone out there who is obviously or interested in some sort of real estate investing, why would they not just go out and buy their own real estate, manage it themselves, buy the property, and they have complete ownership versus doing something like this commercial partner in real estate? Yeah, like obviously I'm a big fan of you know buying your own properties, owning your own investment properties. But here with the partnerships, um, there's a lot of reasons why someone would buy a, a partnership in commercial real estate with business tenants instead of uh, their own property. I get a lot of clients that that have a couple of rental properties already. They get some uh, tenant issues, some maintenance issues, and it's, it becomes a bit of a hassle or for them or a bit more time consuming than they really want. And so with a partnership in commercial real estate, they don't really have those issues. They just invest and it's passive. Um, the other reason is, is for a lot of high income employees, they don't really have any tax deductions and a high income employee um, when you, when they invest in a limited partnership in commercial real estate, you get a pretty good tax deduction in the first year. It's typically 11 or 12 grand tax deduction. 
So then they this is a, allows them to get a, a tax break. You know, a lot of employees who are in that uh, making more than 100 grand a year, and if their tax bracket or their their marginal brackets, you know, over 40 percent or even 43, 44 percent or even higher, they're looking for tax deductions. And typically, all that's available uh, to them would be like an RSP. So this is a great alternative to RSPs for getting tax deductions. Um, the other reason too, like how I came to invest in in in, in these is because I had already was a real estate investor and I already had uh, five or six mortgages and the banks wouldn't lend me any more money. And so then I wanted to continue investing in real estate um, and get um, leverage on my investment with no loan in my name. So that's how I started investing in, in partnerships and commercial real estate. So there's a lot of different types of people that that can benefit from the, the passive nature of it um, and the tax breaks. And then also um, you're accessing a really good opportunity. Like like if you really break it down and you look at at a commercial building with business tenants, um, there's really good opportunities out there. And people who who see the deals that I want to show them, they're, they're pretty impressive. But there's just a few things to understand uh, that are a little different with commercial uh, properties with business tenants than residential real estate. But it does bring some really good advantages. Can you touch on those, Lindsay? What are some of the advantages of having a business tenant as opposed to just a regular residential tenant? Um, yeah, sure. Like the, the thing is when when you have like, so what I learned this when I with my residential rental properties, most of the landlord rules all favor the tenant, right? So, but with, with uh, commercial properties and business tenants, um, often the, the, the um, like the Millennium 3, the general partner, they'll, they'll have a triple net leases for the tenants. So really with a triple net lease, um, the tenant is paying the property taxes, the mortgage, the insurance, even a lot of the maintenance within their unit. And then they're, and they're also paying the rent on top of that. And often they have to sign a lease that's for multiple years with increases built in. And they often have to guarantee uh, all those rent payments as well. So, so business tenants are kind of really locked in a lot more tighter than a residential uh, tenant. So you can do that. And then also uh, typically uh, with a with a commercial property with business tenants, they're valued differently as well. So so they're valued based on the net operating income. So the more the income of the property goes up, the more it's worth. So you drive the value of that property um, through driving up the, the net operating income. It's not like residential real estate where it's just based on the, the wave of the market, either waving up or, or, or down. Interesting. Okay, awesome. Thanks for explaining that. If an investor is looking to um, buy into something like this, what can we tell them about how they're going to get paid or or what benefit or how are they getting the return on their money, Lindsay? Yeah, yes, exactly. So basically, that the, the investor is making money a lot of the similar ways as they do with their own rental properties. So uh, a limited partner is a direct beneficial owner in the property. They get their pro rata share of the property. So all the economic benefits really flow through to them. So as the property is having increasing rents or increasing cash flow, they're making money every month as their mortgage payments made, uh, part of the principal gets paid down. So they're building equity that way. And then if there's appreciation in the property, um, they're making it money that way. And then the rapid mortgage pay down plan is, plan is very productive and a return on investment perspective. So if the property can be paid off in 14 years, let's say, instead of, you know, typically a lot of people are taking 20 or 25 years to pay off a property, if you can pay it off in 14 years, that's like 11 years earlier than typical. And then then the cash flow starts coming in. So it's more like a pension-like income in hmm. a sense. So when the property's paid off and then that, that all the, the net rent flows to the partners, 
and then they have an ongoing income that that's passive. What are the exit strategies? So if you're uh, any time along the way and you want to get out of your share, how would you do that, Lindsay? Or what are the different ways that people exit yeah. their their share? Yeah. Yeah. So really, ideally, like when we talk to people about these, they're considered non-liquid investments. So we don't really offer uh, too much of an extra strategy in the commitment period, which is 14 years. So sometimes if someone really needs to sell their unit in the first 14 years, like before their property's paid off, it's usually like a divorce or an estate sale. And that partnership unit can be offered to the other partners in the in the partnership. But typically we ask people to commit for the 14 years or until it's paid off. That could be 13, 14, 15 years. It could vary a bit depending on how well uh, the property does. I mean, we're shooting a little bit far out in the future. But at the time when the property's paid off, kind of the end of the commitment period, then there's a vote held. And then if people want to sell, they can sell. And if they want to stay in, they stay in. Uh, but basically, the limited partners are passive, and they'll follow what the general partner recommends. If the general partner, Millennium 3, recommends, let's keep this, this is good, let's stay in, let's keep earning ongoing cash flow, people will agree. Or if the Millennium 3 says, you know what, we, we made a good money on this, or, or, or maybe for whatever reason, they might say, let's sell it, then people tend to follow what they, they suggest. Um, but ideally, with a lot of our clients, when we when I sit down with them and I explain this in detail to make sure they understand it correctly, because that's really my role is to make sure they understand it correctly and that it's right for them. So I'm licensed, you know, to advise them in that sense. But a lot of people who will do these are looking to create more passive income for the future or their retirement. And so they try to time these out. Like, for example, if someone wants to be financially free and retired at age 65, uh, they probably want to get into some of these units, um, you know, before they're you know, 50, 50, 51, 52, 53 years old and try to time it out fairly similarly. And then they can build build their future passive income. It's a great financial planning tool in my mind in a lot of ways, because if someone say has a, a financial goal of having a hundred grand a year in passive income in retirement, and let's say they have um, um, projecting based on their pension plan, their RSPs uh, and other sources of income, maybe a rental property, let's say they're projecting it 80 grand a year in passive income. Well, each one of these partnership units is projected to have a passive income of $5,000 a year when the property is paid off. So if someone has short, had a gap or a shortfall of 20 grand a year, they could buy, say, one partnership unit a year for four years in a row, and that would be projected to fill that gap they have. So we, it's a good financial planning tool to add in amongst your RSPs, TFSAs, pension plan, uh, or other rental properties. And that's how we find a lot of people who use these Awesome. Uh, can we talk about more of the reasons why these might not be the right fits for some investors, Lindsay? Let's talk about some of the cons of this type of investment, yeah. if you can kind of name a few. Oh, certainly. Yeah, yeah. So for a lot of people, um, you know, when people decline them often, they may not be comfortable with the lack of liquidity or the timeline. Uh, they might, uh, when you invest in these commercial buildings, you're really investing in the, the economy. And so hmm. the better the economy does, the better you do. If the economy doesn't do that well, then you might not do well. Um, the other thing is too, like it is possible uh, for a property to have unfortunate extended vacancies. That's possible. And then that could really affect the property uh, as well. So that that can happen. Or if there's some unexpected maintenance issues that were never planned for and that just came up, that, that'll negatively affect the property as well. So there's things that can happen. Uh, anyone I sit down and talk with and I go through it with them, if they're uh, like it and they want to make sure they know all the details, we have a full offering memorandum 
which is a full book that discloses uh, what would be all the risks involved in the investment. And we want to make sure everyone understands there are risks. It's not guaranteed investment. And uh, we do find that that people, once they go through all the information, they're, they're quite comfortable with it. But it's uh, it, the better the property does, the better you do. So it's really important that, that you have a, a strong uh, partner, like a general partner like Millennium 3. They have 40 years experience in acquiring and managing these types of properties. At the time of recording this, we're kind of in the the middle to end of November of 2022. The commercial space in specifically in Saskatoon is, is quite tight. Can we talk about just like the market, uh, the current market conditions? And you know, you're kind of saying that oh, the economic downturn in the market, but we're actually seeing a, a quite a strong market in Saskatoon right now, Lindsay. Could you quickly just touch on that? Oh yeah, no, that's really good because because right now, like with is a really good time actually uh, in in the space. With uh, in Saskatoon, for example, like the industrial, like Millennium Three has been focusing mostly on industrial type properties, and in Saskatoon, the latest Collier's report shows that the vacancy rate is extremely low. Um, like some areas are one percent vacancy or two percent vacancy, so it's extremely low. There's there's really limited available space now, and in the last three years, there's been almost no new construction uh, mm. in industrial properties, and there's really um, nothing to rent per se, and there's really no new uh, constructions lined up th- to fill this void in the market. We have a really strong growing economy right now, and a lot of news reports are saying we'll lead the, the nation in economic growth. So right now, what, what's happening in Saskatoon is the average asking rents on industrial properties has increased 14% in the last year. Wow. So that's really strong for the people who are currently invested um, in this. And it hopefully the projections kind of bode well into the future for that as well. Awesome. That that does for a lot of my questions, Lindsay. I like to ask everyone who comes on the podcast this question is if you could go to a, a younger version of yourself, what advice would you give? <laughs> well, how much time do we have? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I could have used a lot of advice when I was really young, but but, in, you know, I thought about that uh, for myself and really, you know what, like I've really enjoyed doing this, this, this type of job and meeting so many people. And, and it's, it's wonderful to, to know and have a network of really smart, intelligent, motivated people. If I could go back in time and give myself advice, there's all these people, I mean, that, that, that I knew of, or I, and there, we grew up in a really good neighborhood, was full of smart, wealthy families doing really well. And even when I went through commerce, like there were so many amazing uh, people that I met. And if I went back in time, I would say, you know what? Make sure you really get to know these people and, mm. and maintain a relationship with them. Because when your your network is really influences how well you do and what you think and, and helps you achieve your goals or just have a more enjoyable, satisfying life. So I would have, I would have really... Uh, done a better job of of keeping track of people and getting to know them and staying in touch with them uh, that were just these motivated, successful people from successful families. Uh, I, you know, from way back, even people I knew from uh, from when I was a teenager. I mean, that's that would be that's a really powerful thing. It's like the mastermind uh, effect, you know. Right. There, there's an old saying, or I don't know how old it is, but that your network is your net worth, and the people that you surround yourself with have a huge impact on the person you become and ultimately what happens throughout your life. So I think that ties in perfectly with what you're saying there, Lindsay. Yeah, definitely. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. Cause that's really what I do with my job now, right? For the last nine years, I've been doing this and, you know, I've got well over a hundred people that I stay in touch with and 
I love it. Like they're smart, motivated people doing their specific careers. And it's, I really enjoy just meeting with them and staying in touch and getting to know them better. And it's a lot of fun. Awesome. Awesome. And, and last, uh, last thing to you, Lindsay, if someone is looking for a little bit more information, they want to do a sit down. Uh, uh, I hope I'm not misspeaking. You have to be in an, uh, an accredited investor uh, of sorts to invest in no. this or what are the, what are the criteria for investing, Lindsay? Uh, yeah, no, th- thanks. Good. That's good that you brought that up because we haven't touched on that, but so you have to be an eligible investor. So that means your, your income is $75,000 a year or more uh, in the current year. And it has been for the past two years. And then, or your net worth uh, is $400,000 or more is the simplest way to say for an eligible investor, accredited investor is someone who has a million dollars in financial assets uh, or more. And people don't need to meet that type of requirement. Um, also with a credit investor, your, your annual income be $200,000 a year or more. And people don't need to meet that, but they, if they qualify as a credit investor, that's great. Um, and we have a lot of clients who are accredited investors, a lot of clients who are high income employee types who are really busy. They don't have the time to get their own properties uh, or manage them. And then we also have a lot of people who are eligible investors. It's in today's world to make more than 75,000 years. Is, is quite common, especially in, I think it's Saskatoon or other areas. So it's it's pretty easy to qualify um, and be eligible. Yeah. Awesome. And if someone wanted to get a little bit more information on this, Lindsay, how would they get in touch with you? Oh, sure. Well, they simply have my phone numbers, uh, 639-317-7480. So they can text me, phone me. My email address is Lindsay, that's L-I-N-D-S-A-Y, at M three, like the number three, securities.ca. So it's lindsay at m3securities.ca. You can send me an email and I'd be more than happy. The thing is, you know, ideally for a lot of people, what they want to do is, is if they're interested to learn more, we can we can talk or exchange information. And then also you can get on my list to see opportunities um, as they become available. That's there's They only have about two opportunities a year. These buildings are really hard to find and acquire. And there's not that many opportunities. So we have limited space available. But I always have room every year for, for maybe 10 to 15 new clients or, or even potentially more. But it's uh, it's good just for get on the list and see the opportunities that come out or you're just going to miss uh, awesome. if, you're not, if you're not seeing them coming from me. I mean, we don't – Millennium 3, you know, they don't do a lot of marketing or promotion. We Most all our in- partnership units are purchased by our existing clients or existing network, which is, is quite extensive. Awesome. That really speaks to the quality of the investment and the company. So um, thank you so much for coming on today and, and sharing yeah. with us about Millennium 3. I would really encourage people that if you do have any questions to to reach out to Lindsay and thank you so much for your time today. Well, yeah, thanks, Ron. That's great. Thanks very much. Hey, hope you enjoyed this episode of the Saskatchewan Real Estate Podcast. I hope you found it informative. And if you enjoyed this type of content, do us a favor and hit the subscribe button. I'm Ron Caroni, your Saskatchewan mortgage professional. Until next week, bye for now.